0: Yo, welcome to the conversation. I'm Cameron, and this is the Anti-Social Experiment. And I'm out here in Philadelphia. Philly. Just got back from dinner with my dad, and I'm going to bless you guys with another podcast. So let's begin. I got a lot of things I like to talk about. So in between now and the last podcast, we've been to atlanta washington dc and baltimore and now in philadelphia so that's that's four different cities four main cities really um we didn't catch a game in washington dc because they weren't in town but we stopped there to do a little sightseeing but uh we talked a little bit about the atlanta stadium in the last podcast so i'll skip over that but I went to Camden Yards for the second time and it's just as great as I remember it. Very it's like it's a new stadium. I think it's like 10 years old and it's got the brick and it's clean and it's nice. It's you know, the fans are really good there. They you could tell. You could just tell uh, East Coast fans they they hold themselves to a different standard than West Coast fans. It's more of a lifestyle for them. Going to the ball game isn't just a, a neat place to go with a date or um you know hey I'm bored let's do uh, let's go to the dodgers game oh they're good this year yeah they're pretty good let's go It's more of like they go to watch they go to root for their team and they they get into the game they're passionate they know when to cheer they know when to freak out like <laughs> I've seen a lot less uh, you know calls to the umpire. That were um, not not earned. If that makes sense. If a, if an umpire made a bad call, then then they let them know. But if an umpire made a good call, it's not like they're like there was a strike, and it was like not even near the zone. You know, <laughs> it was, it was a you know <laughs> they, they they have a better eye for the game out here on the East Coast and I like it. I like going to the game. It makes me it makes me more into watching a team that I have really no uh emotion attached to. Even though they're not Dodger games, I still am interested in watching the game. Yeah, Camden Yards. I wish I wish that I would would have gone to a game that was a little more packed. It was a Monday night, they're playing the Rangers. Both teams sub five hundred, so not a lot of fans showing up, not really a hot commodity, but still it was good. I went uh, like six years ago, I, I think, it was a long time ago, I went for a Orioles-Yankees game and we sat box seats and that was really cool. I saw like Jeter, Nick Swisher back when he was doing really good on it, I got, a, I got his uh, autograph and a picture with him, that was pretty cool. We got we got the hookups <laughs> for that game, for this uh, this latest game. Me and my dad both got deked out by the ticket website. We were going to buy tickets, and we were given the impression that the section was like front of the line section, and the rows were like the front section, because how or the Camden yard stadium does it is it goes evens are front odds are back we didn't know that we just thought it was you know how a normal stadium would be where uh the the tens would be the front and then the hundreds would be the back and then the 200s would be another row up 300s you know etc and i bought my tickets and they were row 83 or no no, section 83 row one i was like wow that's like front row left field you get to see the stadium you get to see um basically every time a pot fly gets hit to the left fielder you're probably getting on tv honestly and so i was getting excited for it we go check it out yeah lo and behold (laughs) we're not not only we're in the very back of the section we're hoping to be in but there is this like canopy over our seats and we we're kind of like sucked into the canopy section. Even though it was the first row, it was still far back. And so what what we did was I got those tickets for dirt cheap. So my dad went and bought another set of tickets for dirt cheap because low demand tickets were cheap. And these were along the first baseline. And he's like, "Oh, I got these tickets uh, they're they're row 10 first baseline." We go over there same deal <laughs> so we just end up sitting over there by the first baseline in the um in the the section that's covered uh over with the overhead thing and they weren't bad seats you know we moved up a little bit it wasn't a lot of people there we moved up saw them you could you could see the exact location in the vlog um, but yeah we had a good time it was nice they have this like I I do have to say that their middle of the innings things were, like, weak compared to Atlanta's stadium. Atlanta set the bar really high. (laughs) They had some really good fan interaction going on over there. And I think you need that if your team is not doing the best because you need the fans to come out still it's a business at the end of the day, even though they might not be the most loyal or really the fans that would care the most about the game you need to have a good fan experience at a ballpark get that revenue but yeah they they didn't really have the best like stuff going on oh i gotta sneeze one second uh false alarm false alarm oh we're good okay yeah and they had this like one song it was like a a country boy song or something like that you can see in the vlog it was, like, impossible to follow along. <laughs> Baltimore's not even a country, like, city. And the the rhythm of it was just, like, really awkward. I could not flow with it that much. I was just kind of making fun of it at the end of the song. Like, just, like, mumbling <laughs> lyrics or whatever. Uh, I don't know. But... All that aside, I, I do like the Orioles a lot. I think they're cool. I, I like their, I like their stadium, I like their team. It's good. I had a good time. But, anyways, I want to talk about Washington D.C. because we did a little bit of tourist activity there, and there are a couple things that I was seeing in the exhibits in the museums. That sparked a little bit of uh, brain activity, if you would say so. And here's, uh, here's a couple things that I was thinking about. We went to the American History Museum. And, oh, the sickest part about Washington, D.C., is that all of the museums are free. It's wonderful. Well, I mean, not free, like your taxpayer money is is going into it, but free as in like it's about time i could see my tax dollars doing something (laughs) that's not true but like you know i didn't have to pay anything it was great um yeah and and they do a good job of keeping everything clean in there and the exhibits are are nice and organized and there's a lot of stuff that you could learn from it then again i do have to say that It is perfect for like your eighth grade or sixth grade son or daughter or niece or nephew or whatever who's like in American history class. It's perfect for them to go to it because a lot of the exhibits are very um, rudimentary history lessons and they'll be like, oh, I was learning about that too. Oh, look at that. Oh my gosh. You know, so. Um, it didn't really, you know, dive into a lot of specifics, but it had, like, cool, like, artifacts, and it it told, it showed you, like, the tagline of what, what was going on in that time and stuff, it was, it was cool, had a good time, but I've been, uh, lately leaning more on the conspiracy side of American history. You know, not not like the nine eleven was planned, conspiracy side, but it's it's. Let's just say, if it was a perfect linear equation, I'd probably reach there pretty soon. <laughs> but it's it's not. I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know. I have a very have uh, very weird. What's it called? perspective about american history now just like remembering what i would learn and then kind of seeing the country and the problems that we have as a nation and then like just kind of thinking about other people's and other cultures perspective on history because like, the history books are written by by the people of power you know the people who want to be remembered are the ones that are teaching you the history back in the time period, especially back in those days when like 90% of the population couldn't read or write and only the the elite 10% was were able to record history and stuff. So um, we're at the American History Museum and they're talking about like how all men were created equal and like those are the ideals the country was built upon and the whole time i'm like uh yeah sure buddy (laughs) what about what about women and anyone who's not white (laughs) but you know hey to their credit they had a little footnote at the end that was saying um it said it said like it said although there were uh uh, it was a it was a perfect word and I, I didn't write in my notes I thought I would remember it I trusted myself that I would remember this stupid thing and and i and I didn't I'm disappointed but it was something like along the lines of in the time the colonists were subject to certain societal prejudices aka racism and sexism <laughs> and so their interpretation of "All men were created equal" was different than the one that we know today, but it's upon these like ideals that we were able to reach and still are trying to climb to that full the fullest potential of that phrase. And I was like, "Ah, oh, good job," because I was, ex- I was totally expecting that museum to just throw in the uh, "All men were created equal." and this is what they believed and that's what they fought for and then just leave it at that you know simple you know like <laughs> and i was like ah that's not true that's not true they probably thought that but let's be honest here were were they actually thinking all everybody all people no they weren't no moving on anyways Another thing that I was really um, proud of myself for was I I knew a lot. I retained a lot of information from school about American history, and I was really proud of myself. Like, I can remember... I remembered um, James Buchanan was the only president who was never married. Now, there were presidents who were not married during office... Because they were either widowed or they got married while in office. But James Buchanan was the only president, fun fact, that was never married in his entire life. And if you guys want to know when he served his presidency, it was right before Lincoln. So (laughs) he's pretty much responsible for all the stuff happening that would lead to the Civil War. So, women out there, what does that say about you guys? You know? We need the women so that we don't freaking tear the country apart. <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke out of that. And it didn't really work. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. What's well, another fun fact that I knew? Um, oh, Yeah did you guys know that the first ever transfer of power without blood being shed happened in the united states now can you guess who that was between Don't give be a minute alright times up it was thomas jefferson taking over for john adams and John Adams was a Federalist and Thomas Jefferson was a Democratic-Republican I think so that's the first time that a different political ideology took over a country that was ruled by another different political ideology and there was no revolution or bloodshed or anything it was just a peaceful transfer of power yeah yeah it was cool that we were able to pioneer that now i might be diving into something that i don't really know much about but i don't think we were the first um, i don't think we're the first nation to start democracy or else that would be a cool thing that we did too but i think there's another i think there's other nations that were already practicing democracy like the greeks right the greeks did that i don't know but yeah. <laughs> what else? Oh, okay. The, here's the thing. Here's the thing I thought about. All right, get ready for this, guys. Get ready for this. It's about to get a little controversial. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm in the National uh, Museum of American History. That's what it was. And I'm in the presidential, like sanctuary hall right and i'm looking at the first ladies all the first ladies up there they got their pictures up and uh there's a sign and it said what happens if a woman becomes president does is the man considered a first lady and instead of reading what they had to say about that i kind of thought to myself what if the woman was a lesbian (laughs) then the girl would be a a first lady and it wouldn't be a problem, right? But that got me thinking, what if, what do you think would come first? A woman president or a gay man being president? Because both would have their spouse being a quote-unquote first lady, but the spouse is a male. So what do you think our country would elect first? A gay male as president or a female as president now I I feel like I feel like the female would come sooner than the gay male personally because I feel like the Christian influence in the country is too strong for uh, us as a nation to come together and vote a gay male in as president but then again you know Trump beat Hillary And Trump was a a celebrity that had no political experience and that kind of like I don't know, he just found his way in the White House. And I feel I feel like Hillary is like the pinnacle of what the woman president would probably look like right now. You know, like she's like she she had the, the husband who was president already. She had the experience in the White House already. She was well-versed in, in like, political politics. Political. She was well-versed in politics. She had, like, a, a pretty good career. She had a couple controversial things happen to her, like the, um like, when she was uh, the secretary of state, when she did the troops. And then she, like, you know, I don't know, something to do with troops. I don't really know what what happened there's like you know Hillary for jail or whatever like that whole thing Yeah, she had that controversy but like everyone has something what the private server she had oh she had a private server that's what it was but okay let's be honest did you vote for her did you not vote for her because of the private server or did you not vote for her because she was a democrat or aka a woman okay I I care less about the server honestly (laughs) I well I didn't vote for either of them. I but I I would I wouldn't have voted for it just cause like, you know, I, I I would go more Republican than Democrat first off. But at the end of the day, it's all about the libertarian party, baby. Represent. We're yet where you at Greg? Gary? It's Gary, not Greg. I always say it's Greg, but it's Gary. Gary Johnson. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah, anyways. I thought that would movement would get a little bit more popular during election season, just because of the um, the polarizing candidates. And I, I, I saw a lot of uh, Facebook support for the Libertarian Party. Thought that video might go viral, and they're like comparing Abe Lincoln, you know, good old honest Abe, who doesn't like Abe Lincoln, right? Especially in these times when uh, it seems like racism or racism is oh. is uh, elevated. A little bit it's it's more there's more of like a light shot uh shown on racism it's not elevated like we're like more people are racist but but we're really we're really trying to like eliminate it completely in our society and it seems like uh this time is the time for us to do it that's where society's going and abe lincoln's kind of like the the face of the big major change and why slaves are no longer slaves. Oh whoa, that was bad. Why African Americans are no longer slaves. <laughs> oh frick. <laughs> oh dang it. I'm I'm like. I'm kind of messing up tonight. I I just you know it's late. What time is it? Nine thirty. Just had dinner, you know had a, a Philadelphia beer, had a Philly cheesesteak, oh, bomb, those are to die for, Go okay, getting off topic, uh, going back to the the female president or the gay president, I think that a female president will come before a gay president, and my dad agrees, he, he's in the other bed, He's he doesn't want to do the podcast tonight, but it's okay, you know, he's uh, on his phone, he's having a good time, he's listening to me, it's kind of weird, but it's, it's alright, um, and I'll tell you why. I think that the women president, because we've seen him more in politics and we've seen him run for president already on the national stage, that it's becoming more normalized for a female to be in a leadership position. I also think that the female movement is, is growing. And I'm not talking about this it kinda of sounds like I'm talking about this and like I'm against it. No, I'm all for it. I love it. It's great. But I, I I'm just kinda of like reporting on it so to speak. Yeah, the female movement's growing and I feel like it's it's more developed than the gay movement at this point. Uh so I, I think the gays have, have quite a ways to go. <laughs> okay forgive my political incorrectness but yeah i think the gays have quite a ways to go before they they could ever see one of them being represented as uh the potus i think the females will get there first but you know then again i didn't think a black president would happen this fast either i thought racism was still very very active in the community and you know what we saw that in obama Obama changed it, and now racism doesn't exist anymore because we had a black president. And it's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, going to the south is like a bunch of like the Bible Belt through the Bible Belt. Now I don't. I'm not a judgmental person, but I would guess that none of those people. Oh, we got cookies. We got cookies. Nice. You know, it would be great. Shout out to Anna. Oh, yeah. Um, the Colliners were um, the family that hosted us in Baltimore. And um, Alan's wife, Anna, hooked us up with some cookies. I'm about to d- delve delve into one. Heath Bar Crunch Cookies, nice. It would be great if, like, a gay Republican and a, a female Democrat ran against each other in one of the elections. I would I would love to see how that would turn out. And I would, I would be laughing the entire time because I talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> Who would you vote for, America? Would it be a female Republican and then a gay Democrat? Because I know there's, like, a section of Republicans that are gay, but I feel like most of the gay community is Democrat and then I, I could see I, that's the thing I can't see a Republican the Republican Party nominating a female I, I see the Republican Party nominating a gay male over a female right now as of now like the soonest like the next step in the progression of the, the Republican Party would be gay male first and then female that's just my opinion of this is like my observation, my little observation on politics. I I promise, I promise this won't be as po- political going forward of a podcast. I just I was in Washington D.C. I I think of things, and they're cool, and I think they're cool. And if you don't think they're cool, then you you know what? The pause button is just down there. You could pause it, you could delete it. I would care less. Okay, we got a we're a question here, um, for the podcast um here we go is there anything you've seen that's culturally acceptable somewhere but in the back of your mind you're like this would never fly in california kind of thing hmm. so is there something that's socially acceptable but wouldn't fly in california Definitely the billboards. I talked about that in another podcast. The billboards, whereas like, thanks mom for not boarding me. <laughs> that would not. That would not be anywhere near California. That <laughs> they would. They would, like petition, and you'd have like protests around the billboard, and then they would like get on Facebook, and all the all the hippies would be like, oh no, man, take it down. I don't know. They would be. It would be graffitied, a ton. That would not fly. Uh, but I already talked about that. That's boring, Cameron. It's boring. Talk about something else. Talk about something we haven't heard yet. Okay. 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 Um. That it's it's a problem because California is very liberal and progressive and everything's fine and chill in california so a lot of the things that would happen here would be totally fine in california because we're just like like a big welcoming hug out there like everyone's welcome california it's cool the only things that i could think of would be like the radically the radically western ideas the radically christian traditionalist ideas would be kind of like hey man calm down okay (laughs) <laughs> That'd be like a calm down moment in California where they're like, "Hey, come on, chill. You don't need to be like that. We're all we're all friends. Just calm down." That's that's how their reaction would be. I haven't run into that yet though. Uh if you guys ever hear stories about how crazy the Midwest is and the the South as far as like uh racism and prejudice and all of that like it's kind of like the Islamic uh, extremist Muslims how you think oh all Muslims are extremists no just like a very small subject s- small section of them are but the majority are just kind of like just normal you know normal people that think a little differently than you and that's kind of what I've been experiencing I've never fully experienced the uh the alt-right movement um all the racist Christians you know I haven't experienced any of that out here uh, but I've seen some make America great again hats I've seen that billboard that probably was fundraised by the alt-right and I've you know I just kinda people carry themselves differently they're just farmers this different way of life okay it's 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 hard to explain unless you've seen it because a lot of it's it's a visual acknowledgement of mannerisms that, that are different than what you're used to in California and i realized this too on the travels that like you don't under, you don't understand what makes your hometown your hometown until you go somewhere else that doesn't remind you of home at all I was in Atlanta at an Airbnb before I met up with my dad. And that city is so, it seems so, like, just black and white. And and I mean that both, like, you know, <laughs> figuratively and also literally, like, the whites live somewhere and the blacks live somewhere. And it's very, it's like, I'm not trying to sound racist, but, like, it's very evident when you're in the black neighborhood and it's very evident when you're in the white neighborhood and in this particular example I was staying where all the African Americans were basically staying. and I, I go to the Walmart and you know it was very it was a culture shock I I saw maybe two white people and and the Walmart was pretty much full I was just getting groceries and I, I knew what it felt like to be someone in California in a majority white city that was a different skin tone. I, I felt it. It's a little, you feel a little uncomfortable at first, and it seems like the only thing you're thinking about is is skin color and how you don't associate in the in the neighborhood or the area. And then once you realize, like, Hey we're all just people, you know? Then you start calming down and you can enjoy your time. And that's kinda of what I did. Started calming down and I'd make conversations with some people and it it wasn't it wasn't anything bad, okay guys? <laughs> so we need to just calm down, generally speaking, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Okay? Alright? Everyone just needs to take a chill pill, man. Just need to calm down, man. yeah but that that was like answering the question and then some but i feel like i did a good job answering that question without giving a definite answer really i did a good job answering that question thanks cameron oh you're welcome cameron okay that about sums it up thanks for listening guys tune in next saturday for a new podcast and don't forget to watch those vlogs and share with your friends and you know what? Share the podcast too if you enjoy it. Let people know. Let let people know about me. All right, please. Just just, just a little shout out. Share anything, really. Awesome. All right, this conversation is over.